to another week of the Geek Whisperers live from Spice World 2015 in Austin, Texas. I'm John Mark Troyer. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Brender. And we've got uh, two guests here with us today in the podcasting room. We are here high above the show floor at Spice World, where the Spice Works community is coming together. We're all here in person, and my fellow podcasting team is giving me kind of the side eye. Am I being too much of an announcer? (laughs) (laughs) I've been telling people at the conference, you're going to make Matt and I podcast from under blankets, so we sound more like NPR. (laughs) You would sound better. If you would go into the clothes closet and uh, record from the winter coats, you would sound better. Anyway, we're shouting into a microphone. (laughs) Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll get past all that. Actually, we've we've got some great guests here. We have Nigel and Heather Hickey. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thanks, guys. Nigel, you are a vCenter nerd, and Heather is always moving mom on Twitter. You're actually speakers here at the conference. We'll get to that in just a second. But we are talking about a lot of related concepts, right? Work-life balance, career decisions, making judgments based on uh, your partnership and family. So we're going to talk about all those sort of things this time in the podcast. John, I think it's really interesting because we've dug into career choices and the sacrifices and the planning and not planning that, that brings us down sometimes, but we've never brought a couple on to talk about their collective planning, especially both as people with IT backgrounds and uh, and co-presenters. It's, I think it's just a really special opportunity. And I think it's an, uh, a question I know I get asked a lot and I know it goes around in the community of how, how do you do it all? And uh, <laughs> especially... Whenever you're in, in public, and, and how do you do it all without weeping openly? Because <laughs> you know? it's hard to, to balance all those things. So I'm excited. I got to talk to these guys a little bit last night. I'm excited to, to hear the rest of the story. So, Nigel and Heather, maybe you can set us up a little bit with your situation. What are you guys doing right now? And, and maybe talk a little bit about some of the career path you've taken and some of the joint decisions you guys have made together. Okay, so I guess I'll start with that. Career choices and, and, and what we're doing right now collectively is uh, we are successfully married. The number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it did take uh, you know two tries in both of our lives to uh, <laughs> to get a successful marriage. <laughs> I don't say that's for everybody. That doesn't mean you need to start your marriage, but uh, that's what happened. <laughs> Um, like you laying the bed out there, Nigel. Right, right. <laughs> Professionally, uh, I'm a systems engineer for a small steel company in uh, Houston. So I'm the guy with the multiple hats, uh, doing you know everything from desktop help desk and building systems, uh, doing a little bit of everything. And uh, I'll let Heather take over, but uh, she has a way more interesting career than I do. So we'll, we'll go with that. I don't know if mine's more interesting. It's definitely different. I work uh, in the propane industry. I work for the third largest propane retail supplier in the U.S. And I work as a regional support analyst, which means absolutely nothing to anyone. I more My job really has to do with compliance and auditing. Um, and compliance not on the IT side, but more on the financial end of things. However, I am a trainer on our proprietary software system, and I also work with, when we do acquisitions of other propane companies, I'm also on that team as well to help fold in their data into ours. Um, And that's a project that we've been working on for the last couple of years. So that's what I do. Uh, Together we have four children and two dogs. Uh, I spend... (laughs) Do not, uh, yes, don't undersell the importance of... Animal management. Right, yeah. It's like two extra kids. It's crazy, crazy. Um, My job requires um, up to 80% travel 
a year. <laughs> so drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. So I spend on average anywhere from fifty to seventy percent, but it can be as much as eighty percent a year. Um, so over the last ten years, years I've spent almost twenty five hundred days on the road, um, and I have almost a half a million lifetime flight miles on United. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered. I was totally going to ask the points question of hotels, and you could just. Go anywhere you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy though because I only travel to such locations mm-hmm. as Farmington, New Mexico. It's only like <laughs> maybe a thousand miles. So I'm not racking it's up. Glamorous. It's, it's super glamorous. Super yeah. glamorous. Uh, you know, Parker, Arizona, where it's 118 in the summertime. So yeah, that's what I do right now, and and I manage our household um, along with Nigel. I'm the big picture person, like budgets and. And planning and that type of thing and calendars. Nigel is the day to day, taking care of kids, getting them to the doctor's office, you know, that kind of thing. Thankfully, our children are older, sort of. We have a 20 year old that lives with us full time, who's Nigel's daughter from our first from his first marriage. Right. He has a son named William, who's 18, that lives um, in New Jersey. Um, and then I have a son from my first marriage. His name is Bradley, and he lives in Eastern Washington with his dad. And then we have a nine year old together, Sarah. So we have the oldest and the youngest, and then the boys come in and out throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. So wow. I love okay, controlled chaos. Your language, just watching them in this podcast, there's lots of looking back and forth. There's the sort of our children, the collective thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, and, and I love how you've talked about the big picture and the small picture. So can you take us through what that meeting was like? I envision the two of you got a meeting together, and I can sort of see someone sliding something across the table, like, I'll take on these re- three responsibilities. Oh, that's so funny, though, Amy. I have a picture of just the two of them, like, splitting a bottle of wine and just being like, oh, screw it, you take this half, I'll take the other one. So, so tell us, what's the truth? Yeah, so things happen both ways. Like, we're a highly scheduled family that has very clear outlined roles. However, things happen. <laughs> and, and life happens people. because people and children. I mean, it's basic, right? So here we are talking about work-life balance, and our kid slipped and fell and hit her head off the desk today. So oh, here we are in Austin, several hundred miles away from our child who's having an emergency at home. And so perfect work-life balance, right in the middle of our talk, basically. Oh. Um, so it was kind of crazy. But I but, will say that we handled it obviously super quickly. We, we have figured out the superhero feat where. We were on the phone with the doctor, the neighbor, and the school at the same time, and, and we were back, you know, okay, like nothing happened, and, it, and then we had our emotions after, like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, God, this is happening, is everything okay? But yeah, we're, we're in an okay state, so it, it was kind of neat to almost watch ourselves, like, fix it, and then walk away from it, and be like, okay, now we're, we're IT pros again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We, we do have, a lot of stuff has happened organically in how we organize our family, um, but we do a lot of stuff on the fly, like today was just kind of on the fly. I'm calling the doctor, you're calling the school, we're texting the neighbor, you know, kind of thing. But we have had the conversations of sitting down and, and dividing. This is what has to happen. And we don't follow the traditional roles in our family. Nigel and I were talking at lunch and somebody asked us, like, how do you do everything? Okay, well, Nigel grocery shops. I'm good at grocery shopping. <laughs> He's really good at it. He saves a lot of money. Yeah, so now I get to flaunt and be like, look how much I saved. <laughs> I'll, take a, I'll take a picture of the basket and say, guess how much this costs. And then she'll be off by $50 and I'll win. So, <laughs> so things like that, we have these discussions of, I need you to do this. But we also have the things that we're really good at. I'm a financial person. So I do all of the finances. Nigel is good at like 
getting, like, here's the calendar, Nigel, you follow the calendar. And he's like, oh, I got it. You know? Sysadmin right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, here, go do your thing, like, here's your allowance and here's your stuff, no, and go do no. your stuff. It's like, you know, it's that shared responsibility. But, yeah, it is cool. I got it. You know, I'll do the babysitting. You know, I'll do, you know, all this other stuff. I mean, Heather kind of threw me into the fire, I guess you would say. Like, sure, So sure. at the very beginning of her traveling career, our daughter was six months old and we lived in Washington and she said, I have to go on my first business trip, but it's, I'm going to be gone for 19 days. Wow. wow. So she went to Alaska for 19 days and I learned how to be the stay at home dad again because my kids were obviously older and, uh, you know, it's like, oh my God, I have to figure out this diapers and all this stuff again. So schedules although kind of crazy and super structured, have helped us stay sane, I think. So it was always getting the kid ready for the bath. It was reading a book. It was bottle. So we had this joke of, like, bottle, book, bath. Bottle, book, bath. And, <laughs> and that was it, right? So, it, and then we continued that, and we still do that, and we still have, like, Not that structure. Yeah. <laughs> right. The bottle now is wine bottle. Like, Dad drinks it now, passes it to Mom. <laughs> yeah. Nigel, uh, one thing that stuck out and I want to make sure we glean from that is this idea that you were willing to do something that you had done in the past and you didn't know how to do anymore. Some people just say, well, I don't do that because I don't know how to do that. And part of a partnership, part of any sort of collaboration with anyone, honestly, is sometimes accepting that it doesn't matter that you don't know how to do it. You're going to go learn to do it. Right. And I think if I didn't do it, we wouldn't be here today, right? So, I mean, it, it, it's probably some things that I didn't do in my in my first round of being married or you know like maybe I didn't give enough effort and things like that but you know I don't want to blame that but at the same time like this was my not chance to shine but like this was like a new relationship you know we were only married a couple of years so it wasn't like I was going to give up on anything and like sure I want to dive in there and this is great that I'm able to do this but I'll tell you, what, like after like, the first week, I was like, "Are you coming home yet?" You know, this is like, <laughs> nobody likes Alaska. Come yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes Alaska. <laughs> well, hopefully, we're all you know older and wiser as one as one does grow up and adults every now and then. So that's hopefully we all get that with a little bit of age. Bring it back to careers for a second. Now it sounds like so, Nigel. Have you purposely then uh, made sure you've taken roles that did not require travel, since Heather is on the road so much? That's exactly right, John. So I have uh, stayed away from the travel as much as possible, although I do kind of crave it a little bit. So I like going to the events like this uh, local or VMworld and other mm-hmm. events I'd, I'd like to attend. But I've stayed away from that because it's such a conflict right now, uh, you know, knowing that Heather's home for 48 hours and then gone again, you know, the next week. It used to be every other week and then sometimes it was heavier. So I, I have stayed away from that. I would love to do a little bit more travel, but that also still kind of scares me as Heather's changing roles in her career soon. I don't want to become Heather and be the 80% and not get back to my family. I want to be able to limit the amount of time that we're away and be home more so I can be an actual parent as well as be good at my job. Yeah, it's kind of brutal being in the tech industry. So a lot of these roles are a lot of business roles in general, right? You go on a plane. Every time I'm on a plane, I wonder all those people. Where are they going? Some of them look awfully tired. And these 80%, 100% travel jobs are just people, I don't know, our employers ask a lot out of us. I, I, don't, I don't think people who are not in those roles sometimes realize what it takes. Yeah. And, and what are some of the other things that you have in terms of balancing the career aspect and balancing the requests made of you from work? When you have an emergency or when you have, when Nigel, say, wants to schedule VMworld, I imagine that's a scheduled thing you do in advance to check in with you, Heather. How do you push back at work? 
how do you, without it being career limited, or have you found that to be a challenge? We haven't, um, at least in the last few years. Probably when, when I first started traveling, I had a lot of pushback from my job because they wanted me on the road all the time. But I finally, I personally sat down with um, one of my bosses and said, listen, you have to remember, I'm a mom too. And it's hard to be a working mom, and let's add travel on top of that. You know, I still have a young child at home, and he has a wife that stays at home. And so he was kind of like, oh, okay, now I get it, you know, kind of thing. So there's been times that I've had to go back to him and say, listen, I need to be here for this. Like, I have this event that I have to be at. Um, And then when Nigel's career kind of kicked up and he started traveling a little bit more, I had to go back and say, listen, I need to find balance between traveling and letting my husband broke his career as well. So I'm in a position where I'm able to do that. There's a yeah. lot of employers that probably are not open to that type of conversation. And so, like Nigel said, like he has steered away from from jobs that maybe require more travel or whatever. So it's just been a very we are very careful and we talk at each step of the way to make sure that the, the communication is there and that we're not overstepping each other. Well, and that's so important. Part of what I like, and it, this isn't not to paint a rosy picture because I'm sure people have gotten different kinds of pushback and things happen, but I like that you made, you said what your values are because right. at that point it's up to the employer to agree, disagree, or work with you or not. But in establishing that value with each other and with your employer, I think a lot of people are so afraid they don't even ask. And at that point, you don't have um, an opportunity for your employer to step up and help you succeed. Yeah. So I, I think just speaking out and, again, the clarity in which, in the way in which you approach it, that confidence, I hope that some of our listeners kind of take that to heart and give it a try if they haven't. Right. I think a lot of people are scared to say something to their employer, to be vulnerable almost to their employer, to actually make themselves human to their employer. Um, and sometimes we just have to fight the bullet. I didn't want to do it. I work in the male-dominated industry. I didn't want to be seen as the weak female. But my family is really important to me. I adore my husband. I adore my children. And But I have a job to do. And I really like my job. But I had to find a way to be able to balance it. And I, so I had to fight the bullet and have this very difficult conversation with this guy that I almost idolize. He's a great mentor type of person. And sit down with him and say, listen, you're, you're pushing me in the wrong direction. You're pushing me out the door instead of pushing me harder to grow my career. And then you finally, you kind of clicked with him. Wow. Kind of had the same experience, but it was way easier, I guess. So I had to bring it up, obviously. I brought it up in my interview three years ago when I got hired and said, my wife travels a lot. And, you know, I'm going to have to be able to leave at the drop of a hat for school issues or emergencies. And it was well taken. And it still followed its way through the last three years. So my boss, uh, you know, has the same situation. His wife is a teacher. And he'll go home a couple miles down the road, babysit for two hours if the kids are off school. She'll go teach a class, and he'll come back and work. And he had a great quote where he said, whoever invented this 9 to 5 you know, scheme in the 50s is out of their mind. It's like nobody can do 9 to 5 anymore. So you have to be a flexible employer or manager to be able to get your employees you know, to work. And, and he sees the, the value, and he sees the work content and you know, delivery versus like how many hours does Nigel work. Well, and I just want to jump in with a personal story for me as well. As I decided, it's against in some ways all good, all the handbooks would say, don't mention your, your weaknesses or a challenge that you have at the interview phase. But I was very open, and I try to be very open about what my limits are, what I can do, what I can't do. And, and I've actually 
pitch it as a strength. I'm the marketing, right? So I am that ninja level, black belt level planning like you guys, because I have to be. I don't have a choice. I've got two kids. I've got a dog. I, I have a whole cadre of support resources for me to be able to travel and do what I do. And, and to do it with a smile on my face, because exactly like you said, you have to context switch between getting a call that your kid is sick and snapping back in and, and being your public self. You have to right. find ways to do that. And um, I don't know, I would encourage, I love how you guys are approaching it, and I, I've tried to turn it into an almost strength of, I am a better employee for you, because when I'm on, I'm 100% on, and if you need a look at my scheduling skills, at my like hard, you know, <laughs> executive skills, look at them, because I run a business called My Life, <laughs> right? It's interesting, though, that the, the women often are the people that get that task. So by the time this podcast airs, it'll be several months in the past, but at Dreamforce this year, there was a woman in tech panel, and they had the CEO of YouTube on it, and uh, she has five kids, and and that's the first thing they brought up. So they spent the first half of the panel talking about her kids and how she does it, instead of how do you run the largest video (laughs) company in the world. How are you amazing? Uh, I had a hard time reading the article that I stopped reading it, and I passed it to Heather, and she's like, oh my God. And I just, I basically stopped reading the article because it made me uncomfortable and I never attended the conference. Right. And I was like, who, okay, yeah, I'm going to step away from this. Yeah. yeah. And the other fun joke from that one is uh, the other panelist who has a billion dollar cosmetics company, Jessica, uh, Alba. Jessica Alba, she does know, she, they asked her if she could code and she said, I don't know how to code, but I can file a JIRA ticket. And the moderator was like, well, I don't know, are you speaking English? What is a JIRA ticket? So... Bad moderator for the first one. But, and I love that she knows how to, I love that Jessica Alba knows how to file JIRA tickets. Anyway, uh, it's, a, it's a trouble ticketing system, you know, it's a, that, that you'd use to file a bug in the program. You know, that, uh, so she's a techie. I like that, at least that part. But I mean, isn't it, is it weird that Nigel, that you, you know, do you feel like you don't get asked about childcare and Heather, you do? Or is it, it both coworkers and. That's a, that's a great point, John. <laughs> that's a great point because. I don't think anyone's ever said like, oh, uh, you know, how do you do it with all those kids? They're like, what? <laughs> all I hear is, <laughs> all I hear is, hey, nice to see you at nine o'clock and not knowing that I've taken care of four like children emergencies or a doctor visit before I got there. And the 20 year old sales guy, you know, he's dressed so nice. He's probably been getting dressed since, you know, like <laughs> nine last night. So he can look so smart in the morning, you know? <laughs> so yeah, he gets, he gets no love from me, but yeah, it, it's just, yeah, I, I guess the point is, yeah, we're, I'm still a family man. Like you can ask me about my kids. I'll show you pictures of my kids. I got a lot of stuff to show you. Yeah. You showed me a lot of pictures. But no, yeah, <laughs> only Brenda's seen my kids, I guess. So. <laughs> but no, I, I think. I think it's it's a wrong direction. It needs to be more of a collective. Like we're a team, you know. Apart, we're still a team. We're you know, it's just like a football team. They're still part of the team. You know, they're still on that contract. You know, we're part of the team until so we decide not to have a team. Which I want to have this team forever. It's awesome. I also think that we. I think most people that know us or have met us through these, you know, social media and that type of thing, know that we have a very untraditional marriage. In that I'm the one that travels and Nigel doesn't, and so. I think there's the balance of who gets asked about kids and what you know who's going to what you know doctor's appointment and that kind of thing. I think that's really well balanced for us because we're very vocal about the fact that we are very untraditional in that way and we don't take on the traditional roles in our family. 
And I think that kind of transparency helps. I mean, again, yeah. and, and you're, you've got a good point, John, that the conversation can go off the rails, but sometimes right. if you lead with a conversation, it puts it to bed, right? right? You're like, hey, let's talk about the gorilla in the room, and now we're done, and we can get on to the right. the business at hand. What right. you know, It allows you to control the narrative a little. Yeah, yeah. although the fact is that the dude executive never gets asked about it. Usually. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's what we do. Maybe we bring them on the podcast. Maybe we all start right, <laughs> right? here. Let's right. ask the dudes <laughs> about how their kids are doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you as you guys are looking to the future and career planning, how are you taking the joint careers into account? So that's a really interesting question. Knowing where we're going right now, you know, Nigel and I have always, when we talk about changing careers and that type of thing, it's always a collaborative. What are we going to do? What's best for our family? We've moved to the cross country. I've moved three times, and Nigel's moved twice because of career changes. Wow. Um, so, obviously, oh, like big changes. I moved from Washington to New Jersey, right. moved from New Jersey to Portland, Oregon, and then from Portland, Oregon down to Texas. Your we, Twitter handle just took on a whole new level of awesome. Right? Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> we, um, and we did all of that within the first four years of our marriage. And they're still speaking. Let's yeah. just <laughs> And they seem legitimately happy listeners. <laughs> we do actually love each other a lot. So we have always taken it as a collaborative. Um, what are we going to do that's best for all of us, not just the best for you? However, in recent events, Nigel's career has really taken off, and mine has become... Um, has plateaued in some ways. Sure. Um, it's still a challenge. It's, it's something I still like to do. Um, but we have decided that I'm actually going to be retiring a week from today um, and becoming a stay-at-home mom. Um, And Nigel, so that I can support Nigel's career for now. You know, our kids are older. um, And if I decide that, you know, in a couple of years when our youngest is, you know, in high school or whatever, if I want to go back into um, the business that I'm in or try something new, I will have that opportunity to do that. But for right now, I need to be the supportive spouse and say, and take a step back from my own career because it's better for the family, not just for me or not just for him, but it's better for all of us. So Nigel, what runs through your head as you hear your wife say that? So it was kind of my idea, you know, I, I, I joked about it and we had read some really great articles and I don't have them off the top of my head, but it was a, it was a great article about a husband and wife and him kind of selling the idea of this powerhouse behind him was the wife being at home to be able to take care of those things. So now I do the doctor visits, I do the dentist, I do all the, you know, the, you know, pick up from school early, they're sick. So I leave work a lot and I get to work late a lot, but then I work at home a lot. But that person was able to say, I can stay focused on my career and grow that career because I have the powerhouse at home that's able to help me. So I pitched to Heather. Heather's background is credit collections. She freaked out at first. She's like, what? You want me to stop having money? You're like, no salary? You know? And, and then we joked about it for a while. We probably talked about it for maybe two years. You know, I don't, I don't know if it was that long, but we talked about it just jokingly and then it became more serious and, and then, uh, you know, I know Heather had run the numbers probably 175 times. <laughs> and uh, and then we're like, I was like, just let's do if it. If you look at my backpack right now, I probably have my budget plan. No So to get back at, at that, it, it's for me, I do have some, I do have some fears, like, right? I'm like, hey, I said the other day, jokingly, keep me alive, keep me healthy, <laughs> keep me employed. And then we're good. You know, yeah. like. 
don't let me get hit by a bus, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and we'll be good. <laughs> so, and so actually the pressure's on you now uh, sure. to, to step up, and, and you, you're doing this to, for career growth. Are, what kind of areas are you looking at to grow? If I can say this out loud, and I will say it out loud because I'm going to do it. Um, I uh, I'm an adult because <laughs> I'm a man I am um, looking to explore some other opportunities so I'm interested in what's on the partner side um, I'm kind of in a, a small boxy area where I wear multiple hats a small company we are heavily oil and gas faced and, and with that industry changing so dramatically I definitely want to see what else is available. I really love where I work, but I want to grow my career, right? So I want to be able to see what's on the partner side or the vendor side and be able to get my hands dirty in some more technology. I love VMware. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that. So I want to do more product work with that or more environmental work where I can see those systems that are crazy that I don't have access to sure, now sure. And, and kind of build my street cred, per se. And I'm curious, since you've run the numbers, how they... Is there a threshold of how much yes. you're set? Yeah, you already know the question. <laughs> I would want to be across the table from Nigel with Heather's backing as he goes into the negotiation phase. Oh, I'm hell just no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do this on a fairly regular basis. Nigel's career has, has grown by losing amounts. He's, you know, he's, we can't walk through a spice world where, you know, without people stopping and saying, oh, you're Nigel, and, and those kinds of things. So we've had a few, Nigel's had a few offers thrown at him over the last couple of years. And I'm like, he calls me. He's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, this is the, the dollar. It's Jerry, it's Jerry Maguire. She's like, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to go over well. Like, we need to massage this a little better. <laughs> so, obviously, we have a number that we have to have to make a budget. I mean, we have four kids. We have one in college, one graduating from high school, and one that needs a car. You know what I'm saying? So, we're, we've got kids at all ages that we're like, ugh. <laughs> And we also have a kid that wants to go to Texas A&M. She's nine, and she already knows that. <laughs> um, so we know that we're going to be broke for the rest of our lives. So yes, we do have a bottom line number, yeah. and yeah. we are very, we are very much on the same page about what that bottom line number is. And we're willing to flex within that number, you know, above that number, right to that number if we have to, if it's going to grow the career, Nigel's career. And what a, what a powerful thing. It's like having your own agent and house. I mean, that's what a partnership should be, right? So that if you have to go in and negotiate, you can do it knowing that somebody's at your back saying, you can do this. And that's a, that's really a wonderful kind of tip for anybody. And just as an aside, I mean, this isn't the theme of our podcast this week, but I, I mean, it's an interesting example of somebody in tax careers taking off by virtue of their extracurricular, social media, higher profile, all of a sudden you, you know, communication skills, all that sort of stuff, which took you away from your day job as the, just, you know, the admin guy, and all of a sudden you're, you have a higher worth since we're talking about money. And that's, I'm going to also throw that back there. That can be a partner-based thing as well, because when you're doing all of this, you've got to have that time and that support of like, why are you on that podcast again? Right. You've got yeah. to have why are you blogging again? Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, come to take, take the trash out, you know? It's, right. It's all got to be threaded into your life somehow. In small chunks, you have to you have to do those things in small chunks, right? So even you know blogging, I've been into doing some blogging for VMware and some other folks, and it's overwhelming at times. Like I'm not a born writer, so like I just get into you know like let me figure it out, and I want to tell you know like someone look at it, tell me if it's bad, is it good? 
So, and I get to that point, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even want to deal with that today. Let me just move on. So I'm going to hit the couch and, and go turn on the PlayStation and free my mind for a few minutes of it, you know? So it's, it's, it's great that it's, the trajectory is going that way. It's still stressful. I kind of started to crave the unfamiliar territory. So I, I think that's, it's something new. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go try that. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 nice. it's interesting. But it's been fun to try and manage all of that, especially with career changes happening as well, or my own career yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of chaos for a spreadsheet, yeah. Uh, but what I also like is that, Nigel, you just you know referred to having some flex time to also remember you're a person, not just this like, yeah. money-making machine. So Right, and I'm very... Um, I think that Nigel and I, over the last 10 years, have really built on that to say, you're valuable to me, and your time is valuable, and you know, as much as I appreciate you working and bringing in money, like I also need you to take care of yourself. And right, so, because that's the whole point of work-life balance. I mean, you're joking, like you need to stay alive, but you know, you, it is work true. is worth nothing without life, and exactly. and we're all better workers for having a life, life that feeds us. You know, exactly. So we've really fostered that conversation between the two of us to make sure that you know we are both feeding off of each other and valuing each other which is really important when you're trying to do this. And the other thing I just want to jump in and say that I, I think you guys point out is you talked about a two-year conversation. And in a world where we can be so immediate, like I also think a pro tip that maybe you don't even realize because you're just living this life is that uh, to take the long view, you know, and I love how you put, this is the time in our life where we're going to do this, do this next thing. But this doesn't mean that you'll stay home forever. You might burn out or want to try something, a third thing, you know, whatever it is, Nigel. So, the, the idea that you can look at it with this much longer view and then scope appropriately helps us make bigger and better decisions than what do I need for In the longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can survive anything for a little while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you all both uh, spoke at this conference uh, earlier today. So uh, some of it, I think, was on how do you manage, and some of it was on some of the topics we talked about here today. But I don't know. I thought we'd kind of maybe end up, do you have so many tips or, or, or tricks or advice for people who are trying to make this work? So one of the things that, that seemed to resonate with the the people who attended our our book no the book was one okay um, people <laughs> who actually attended so we there's two things I want to want to hit on one is um, we have a book it's called the Big Purple Book it is literally a leather bound purple book that's eight and a half by eleven and Nigel and I use it to communicate thoughts to each other um, it's a lot of love letters and things that that we want to remember, lots of memories and stuff. And we've been building this book over the last 10 years. I, the first one that was in it was the day we got married, I think. I have cold chills. This is yeah. unbelievable. So we use the book to communicate with each other because sometimes, you know, it's easier to write. I'm a better writer sometimes than I am a communicator. And so I'll write notes to Nigel, and it's not all love letters. We want our kids to read this later on in life and figure out how marriage works. And you know what? There's some many hard parts of there's some really hard things that we have to get through. And so those letters and conversations are in there. Um, but when we really need to communicate a heart message to our partner, we write in the Big Purple Book and then we leave it on that person's pillow. Um, and so it's been a really, it's been a great thing. And that really seemed to resonate with the people who attended our, our talk Yeah, it, it definitely did. And, and I, I really enjoy, I forgot about the Purple Book. It, we haven't, I haven't seen it in six months and I saw it last week. And I came home from work, and Heather was gone on a trip, and the purple book was on my pillow. 
And I got to the point where I was like, oh, I want to run and open the book right now and see what she said. And I was like, ah, I'm going to make dinner first. And I kind of like <laughs> let it sit and yeah. I went back. And it was just, you know, her talking about the appreciation of the support of moving to this next level of her career. And then we've had the other things in there where we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that to each other. You know, like we've had the goods and bads. But then I flipped to the first page and I blew my mind that this book is 10 years old because she was talking about how happy she was that her, the baby was coming and oh, that baby's wow. going to be 10. Ten so yeah. it's like incredible. So it was really cool. Yeah. Try not to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to lock it up, man. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing that seemed to really resonate with people today was we actually schedule meetings, real life meetings in Outlook. They are business meetings. Um, we come prepared. We come, we leave our egos at the door and we're on time and we treat them as an actual meeting. And those meetings can cover a lot of things, but most of the time they are, okay, here's the budget for this month and here's the calendar for this month. But in that, we look at those long-term planning goals that we're doing. We looked at VMworld. Yeah. We planned our schedule for VMworld, what we were doing and when we were going to meet up. Yeah. Big goals for vacations. Are we are we putting enough money away for vacations so we can hit that two-year goal and go you know go to the yeah, islands? And, so. and I love it. I have to say, I have, I have a complicated schedule. I this tactic too and I, I will swear by it because it actually gives you an opportunity. It is a business meeting. You conduct the business of your life and it, people say, oh, it's too much, but you know what? It leaves the time for the fun dinner and the like relaxation because you've handled business. Well, we always bring wine to those meetings, so oh, by the see, time all the I'm like business and, is like, done... I'm like cracking the whip, so I'm like, have to we, make it more fun. That as well. <laughs> by the time the business is done, the happiness the is reward. The, the wine is the reward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot better than trying to figure it out as one person's running out the door and you're, you're, exactly. you're suddenly talking about something very important that you actually need to look each other in the eye. Right. And it's very easy when you treat it as a business meeting to keep the emotion out of it. Um, a lot of times couples fight about calendars and money and that type of thing. If you treat it as a business meeting... You act in fact. You have the facts. This is the money coming in. This is the money going out. This is what we're doing. This is what needs to get done in this family. You know, those kinds of things. And it actually goes very quickly with very little fuss. So it works well for us. And that's one of the things that we've, we've been doing for quite some time. Wow. Well, we always have one question. I can't wait to hear this of the collective. The, the question we ask every time, which is, if you had one thing that you would tell people, we've done this, trust us, don't do this yourself. We want to save you the heartbreak and pain, although the poor kids, you know, nobody ever listens to us anyway. No. But if you could, and they would listen, what would you tell them? Don't ever do this again. So I actually prepared for this. Oh, oh yes. Boo. <laughs> I listened to the podcast, so I totally know this question, right? There's another pro tip for you listeners. Yeah. So Nigel and I talked about this on the way up here, and I think the thing that I wanted to say was more about when you're in a marriage and a partnership, you're still two individual people. And it's very important to recognize those individual traits and not lose yourself in the couple. So Nigel and I, you know, are very complimentary to each other. We're always trying to say, yes, this is what you need to do. I, I fully support you. And he supports my ventures outside of my career or family. And so that I think that that is super important. I would say in my first marriage, I totally lost who I was. I only identified with him as a person. I didn't identify myself. So it's really important, I think, to make sure that you're still two individual people uh, and, and know your own self-worth. Uh, and then that makes this work better. And, and I would say don't 
think that scheduling is is bad. You know, you're at work and you're doing scheduling all the time, trying to make you know deadlines and fix things on time. The scheduling of home life has totally helped everything that I do. So I know when we're going to do things. And sure, we don't stick to the gun on those on those schedules, but that has totally helped build the quality of life that we have to keep going forward. So I love it. Both good tips. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking notes uh, in my head, not actually on a piece of paper. But and I think that um, Nigel Hunter said they had the slide that the slides they presented. They were going to be able to share and link to in the blog. Okay. Yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Awesome. We'll get them up online for you guys. So, if people would like to talk to you more or about the presentation or etc., where can they find you? I'm on Twitter as Always Moving Mom, and you can find me on Facebook at Heather Hickey, and then also on LinkedIn. And I'm a couple more places. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me online at my blog at nigelhickey.com. On Twitter, I'm vcenternerd, and also on LinkedIn as well. I'm always available for answering questions. I know a lot of people stop me in the hall and want to talk more about our session. So I, I'm, I'm open to talk about those things, work-life balance or, or technical. So Having just done a conference on kind of careers and the non-technical part of technical careers, I love that they brought you to Spice World. Oh, it's wonderful. That, that it's a non, excited. you know, it's not about how to set up Active Directory. And, and, <laughs> and, and lo and behold, yeah, people really liked it and they're stopping you in the hall. I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's really great. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. You guys are look spiffy, too. You're, they wore matching branded shirts, by the way. Um, and thank you so much for being a guest on another week of The Geek Whispers. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you all next week. You've been listening to The Geek Whispers podcast, where we bring social media and community to enterprise IT. You can listen to all the episodes at our website, geek-whispers.com, or check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or iTunes. Your hosts were John Mark Troyer, Amy Lewis, and Matthew Brender, better known on Twitter as Jay Troyer, Comms Ninja, and MJ Brender. See you next week.